As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Down the block, Andrew's gone. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Sydney Roosters knocking over the Manly Seagulls uh, last night. The game was pretty close, 20 points to 10. I think a lot of people were anticipating a huge win for the Roosters. Uh, I sort of thought it would be a little bit closer, uh, and that it was. And uh, we spoke last week after the Newcastle game, as good as the Chooks looked, I mean... Said all week that I'm not overly concerned that they've clicked in their back. I think uh, I think people got a little bit ahead of themselves after their game last week. I mean, at the end of the day, with respectfully to Newcastle, uh, a pretty average outfit at the moment. So I wasn't overly convinced on the Chooks, and I've got to tell you, I wasn't overly convinced last night either. Uh, they had little moments here and there where I thought, okay, they're about to pop back here. The Roosters are about to be the Roosters that we've got used to over the years, but they just they just weren't able to get back into that rhythm. And for me. I think they've got so many classy players, and I spoke about this in the preview yesterday that I was really excited to see how it was all going to gel. Uh, you've got, obviously, their spine. You've got James Tedesco. He's, you know, running around all over the place. You love when Teddy does that. Uh, you've got Kiri, who's happy to... He was, I thought he played his role last night very well, chimed in when he needed to, didn't overplay his hand, ha- had a good game. I thought Kiri did his job. Then you've got, of course, Sammy Walker. He sort of runs the show. I thought he was good once again. Got the hooker, Sammy Verrills. He was very solid as well. Obviously, bombed a try that James Tedesco should should have put him over for, but outside of that, I thought Sammy Verrills was good. Then you got the 13, Victor Radley. A uh, bit of a quiet game from him last night. Uh, probably could have done more, ideally, but he just sort of played his role, and I think this is what the Roosters are trying to work out, how they all fit into playing their role on this side. You've also got Joey Manu, who uh, he was playing right centre, but he you know, he said a few weeks ago that he has been given a roaming role, and um, you know, I was talking to a few people about it tonight, and they've sort of said to me, oh, he's had it all season, but I mean, like he hasn't had it like he had it last night, in my opinion. He was definitely in from his wing a lot more. And for me, I just wonder if there are too many chefs in the kitchen, realistically. They then brought in Connor Watson, who just played through the middle, sort of played a lock role. Then they had Watson and Radley on at the same time. Just There's almost too many talented guys that they're trying to fit into this side all at once, and it looks really awkward. Um, But, I mean, at the same time, do you really want to cut the touches of Joey Manu? I mean, I was having a look at some numbers last night, and... 
He had 25 uh, touches of the football last night. Um, that's the most that he's had when playing centre since round one. He had 29 that game. There's one other game he had 25. I haven't done the numbers uh, at the moment, but I would say that when you average it all out when he's playing centre, he averages about 16 or 17 touches a game. There's a lot of games where he has sub-13, 14 touches throughout the season. Uh, I'll just run you through them now, actually. As I said, I don't know the averages. Round one, he had 29 touches uh, between round two in round five, didn't he had 13, 14, 16, 17, 11 in round six, 11 in round eight, uh, 12 in round 10. So to last night have 25 touches. Um, I mean, it wasn't crazy like when he plays fullback in 5'8". When he played fullback against the Raiders, he had 42 touches of the football. Uh, the last two weeks playing 5'8", he had 37 against the Panthers. And then last week against the Dragons, he had 30 uh, when, when he went huge, or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, played 70 minutes there, to be fair, so you probably could have bumped that up a little bit more if he played those extra nine minutes. Uh, but I think it's pretty evident that he is going to have more touches if he keeps playing in the role that he is. And for me, that also worries me about Joseph Suwali. I was talking to a mate before the game who was considering going Suwali in Classic, and I sort of said, I think you want to wait and see how much of a roaming role Joseph Suwali has. And I think it's pretty evident uh, that he is going to get a heap of ball and that he's going to be out of position quite a bit. And this is often what I talk about when I always suggest on Bloke and a Bar on a Monday that um, they should more teams should have these roaming centres. And Kempi always makes the good point that when you do have a roaming centre, it sort of limits your attack on that side. And I think if you watched that game again last night, you could see how evident it was that they were hesitant to go down the right side too much because when you do take that number out of the play, it makes it very difficult. Uh, you look at Joseph Suwali, who's been scoring tries left, right and centre the last few weeks. They didn't kick to him. Um, they threw one cutout pass to him that he almost scored off just because he's a freak, but it really wasn't on. It was a one-on-one tackle that should have been made in that moment just against a rookie. So I think for Sawali, it really lowers his stocks in my opinion. Uh, and I just wonder how the Chooks are going to make this work. Um, last night, I believe they also had Drew Hutchinson, who was sitting on the bench. I'm not even sure if he got on the field at the end of the day. Just going to make sure. I, I didn't see him. Just going to make sure he was in the team still. But I just thought... There's just too many bodies through the middle. Um, yeah, Drew Hutchinson sat on the bench. He, he played eight minutes, sorry. So, I mean, when you got Egan Butcher, he plays as a middle as well. You've got to remember, like, you had the injury to Lindsay Collins. So that probably assists oh, – not, not assists, it was unfortunate and it was terrible to see um, Lindsay in that state. But it meant that they sort of had to work around it. So that's probably why you saw uh, Connor Watson play 48 minutes. Uh, you had Victor Radley only played 54. I mean – the combination with Radley is just so important. And I feel like at the moment, they're just fucking around with too many people through the middle. I feel like it's, it's Sam Walker's team, but then you got Teddy Pop, you got Teddy and, and Manu that just play so unorthodox and all over the place going crazy that, I don't know, it just sort of startles their attack a little bit. And then as soon as Manu's in, in field, you really can't go to the right because you're one man short, you're a strike weapon short on that side. So you sort of have to go left and it almost sort of makes it a little bit easier for the defensive line. But on their day when Manu and Teddy are going through the middle, they can absolutely tear teams apart. There is no doubt about it. But I just, it just feels like right now the old saying, too many chefs in the kitchen. It just feels like there's too many guys playing through the middle in this team. And, you know, it sucks because you you don't want to leave a Joey Manu out at right center. Ideally, you want to play him in the halves or at fullback, but you've got too much talent to leave him out of this side. And I think the halves are too good to leave them out of the team. I've heard a lot of people suggest they need to play Manu at six. And, you know what, I think it's really harsh to leave. Uh, It'll probably be Luke Keary out of the side. But, fuck, I just, I I mean, it isn't just working what's going on at the moment. There's just one too many people in this side 
that I think are controlling it through the middle. Now that's just from my eye test. I'm, you know, I'm hopeful and I would never back against uh, Trent Robinson, of course, that he can sort this out and make it work. But uh, it is interesting how it is all playing out because it just looks like there is too much going on through the middle. There is too much happening. They're lacking a little bit of direction. And, you know, on their day, like they were against Newcastle, when you play against a team on the back foot and you're on the front foot all the time, having these guys flooding the middle, it's going to be lethal. You've got to remember as well, they looked great last week. And this isn't a knock on Joey Marnie, but he didn't play last week. So it was one less guy that was going through the middle. And potentially that might be the answer. Maybe as good as Joey Marnie is, maybe he does need to sort of sit down on that right edge and just play his position. And it... You know, it feels like it's a step backwards because we've seen him through the middle. We know that on his day through the middle, he's probably the most damaging guy in rugby league. I don't think that's overly hyperbolic. He is just incredible when he plays through the middle and he plays off his head. But Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It just seems to be sort of startling the roosters. Once again, happy to give Robbo a number of weeks until he does sort it out. But the reality is that there isn't that many weeks left. They just played their game in round 20. They've got round 21, 22, 23, 24. They've got five games left, the Sydney Roosters, and then they're playing finals footy. Then they're also playing sudden death finals footy. They're not going to finish in the top four, in my opinion. They're on uh, After that win, they're on, is it 20 competition points? I think it is. I don't, no, they're, they're on tw- 22 competition points, sorry. So they have put themselves in front of the Manly Seagulls there, but I don't think they're... They're two wins behind the Brisbane Broncos who are in fourth, for example. I think they are going to be playing sudden-death footy week one. They might not be playing a home game either. They've got a couple of really tough games coming up over the next few weeks, and that could be a positive or a negative. I think it'll probably be a positive because they need to sort out what they're doing, and I think that if they had a flat track on the way home and they had you know, a couple of the bottom four teams that they could smash out of the park, I don't think it would really set them up for finals because... The, the reality is the football you play against the Newcastle Knights, for example, was nothing like the football they had to play tonight against the Manly Seagulls. And that was a Manly team missing half their troops. And they're nowhere near the level of Penrith, North Queensland, Cronulla, Brisbane, these sort of sides, Parramatta, Rabbitohs, Storm, once they get all their troops back, it's a completely different game of football. And I don't think that the way that they played last week, I think that was the exception. I don't think it's the example. I don't think you can look back on that Newcastle form because the reality is it was against Newcastle and it was without Joey Manu. And yes, the team is better with Joey Manu, don't get me wrong, but I think you can all understand what I'm trying to say, that you're trying to fit all these guys into this team, let them all have 25 to 50 touches of the football, and I just don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it means that Joey Manu, we just lose out on some of his ability or if we make the call that we let go of a guy like Luke Keary. Maybe he goes to the bench. Maybe he comes out of the team to get Joey Manu into the middle. I don't know what the answer is. And as crazy as it sounds, we said it last week about Luke Keary. If I'm playing the Roosters, I think I'd rather see Luke Keary named at six than Joey Manu because at least I know with Luke Keary what I'm getting. He's a quality footballer, experience. He's done it all. Manu, how the fuck do I prepare for that? I've got no idea how to predict for Joey Manu. And sometimes what you know, sometimes the devil you don't know is scarier. And that, and that can be Joey Manu. Whereas right now, you know, unless Manu and Teddy get on the front foot through the middle, which they, which they will, don't get me wrong, they will at times, but when they don't, 
it sort of leaves the Roosters a little bit startled in attack. And yeah, I don't know. It just I, I think I don't think anyone could possibly say, despite them winning last night, that they have clicked and they are the Roosters that we know. I think the game against Newcastle maybe was a little bit of an illusion because Newcastle's defense is so fucking ordinary and the Roosters were just on the front foot the whole time. They're going to play a lot more better teams over the next few weeks and the Manly Seagulls missing half their troops. So it's going to be interesting to see what Trent Robinson and the Roosters do. For me, I think last year was probably the biggest challenge of Trent Robinson's career, but I also think right now uh, he's he's got a huge challenge in his hands trying to sort out how he's going to gel this team together and how he's going to get the very best out of each and every one of these absolute superstars in this football team. 